Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us. That was my best Destiny impression. It's uh, it's about where it's going to end. With me in the studio, Chump Finnegan. Chump Chump. There it is. And that's it. That's it. It's just the two of us. So uh, Fran is currently still away on vacation, as well as Duggan. And Destin's somewhere in China. The vault didn't get upgraded. Hopefully he's finding inner peace somewhere, but... um Last I looked, he had a flat tire somewhere. Oh man! And he left his data on, so his cell phone bill is like six hundred bucks. <laughs> Classic Destin. Classic Destin. Uh, on today's show, uh, just it's going to be a light episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the dawning, as well as uh, Christopher Barrett's tweets about upcoming DLCs in Destiny and future updates, as well as an unconfirmed leak and potential future DLC, Gods of Mars. So, um, Sean. Yeah. Dawning. Uh, we're going to actually get into a little special uh, <clears throat> treat for Fireteam Chat today. I actually brought my character in. I grinded to 335 and hit max light right before an earthquake. No joke. <laughs> yeah, over the weekend there was a <laughs> little earthquake here in San Francisco. Yeah. Not even over the weekend. I guess it was like Monday, right? It's a couple days ago. I forget. Yeah. yeah. That was my first earthquake, so that was that was a little terrifying. But just note. This happened at 2.39 in the morning, so you're still up. You're still I was grinding Destiny. Yeah. I literally hit 3.35 yeah. for the first time by grabbing an engram from my clan rewards. Ugh, but that was the last thing I needed. It felt it felt really wrong. Not even earned. And that's what happened. That's the reason why there was an earthquake. Sorry, everybody. Uh, but we did want to show you. I have now been grinding the dawning nine packages I have on my character. Uh, I've logged in every day. I've gotten the schematic. I wanted to kind of see what rewards I would get and actually see live with you guys as we open them. Uh, did you play the Donning much and get a chance to go through that? And what did you think of it? I did a little bit over the break. I mostly played Mayhem and then I did one or two of the Donning and Graham quests. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just felt a little thin for me. Uh, again, I've said on the show once or twice before that I don't like to collect things just to collect things. I'm more interested in collecting things that significantly improve my character or give me new opportunities to design my character in terms of play style. Yeah. And based on what I was seeing from the gear, you're not really afforded that. We talked a little bit about this offline, but just a lot of the armor feels the same regardless of what activity you're getting yeah. it from. And that, uh, you know, that is a really easy way to kind of not get my interest so i didn't do too much of that but i played a lot of mayhem and man mayhem's still fun mayhem's fun still fun and and that's the thing people were talking about you know what's weird about mayhem from destiny 1 in comparison to destiny 2 and a lot of people were saying that they didn't really care for mayhem in destiny 1 because they thought maybe it was like too crazy or too wild and then now in destiny 2 they really enjoy it so do you think it's just because we have super nerf and well, weapons don't feel as good? No, I don't think it's about that. Like, I think it's more about we've talked on previous episodes how about like because TTK kind of was raised across the board yeah, and because there's just overall less lethality, that includes our supers, which means like generally maybe in a regular PvP match you're only getting your super once maybe. yeah, And because 
most of the time you're getting your supers at around the same time other people the are. two minutes left in the match sort of thing. Yeah, like you get to use it once, maybe sometimes not at all, and you're using it against other people's supers. So it just doesn't feel quite as effective or as lethal as it did in Destiny 1. Yeah. So now that you have it all the time and people are finally getting to use it all the time, it yeah. feels a lot more fun and less like, oh yeah, this is how it used, this is how supers used to feel. They felt know? super. Yeah. You yeah. don't feel nervous of going out there and going, okay, this is my one time to use my super the whole game. Well, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Like how many times you've been like, I'm going to use my super and then you turn the corner and you get golden gunned and yep. you're like, oh, happens all the time. Fun. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like Destiny one, we've talked about this a lot. It's weird for me to look back and just see how, uh, when it first came out though, people comparing it to Halo. So, What's odd is that I feel like Bungie is kind of in like a state where like no matter what they do, they kind of can't win. When Destiny 1 was first released, the TTK was too short. I looked and saw a lot of that kind of stuff. So now it's like they've extended it and not by a lot. Like it's an extra shot. It's like few kind of millisecond or like, you know, half a second sort of thing with certain weapons, but it's enough where that is the difference. I mean, yeah, that can be an eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunate that the Nova bomb glitch is there with the warlocks. Uh, That was a thing that we didn't notice, um, you know, when we first came into it, because I played only a few matches before we talked about it at the end of the year. Uh, But basically, yeah, I want to show you my character here. So uh, I'm going to talk through this because I know we do an audio podcast as well. So for the people out there just listening, all kinds of schematics here uh, that I've collected and, and completed. So, uh, golf stress toy, <laughs> auto umbrella, uh, <laughs> crucible throat lozenges, uh, bandana variety pack, coal in the shape of an engram, almost eggnog, uh, or- ornithological yeah. sedatives. Yeah. All right. A single sweater arm. And then this is a schematic where you haven't I, finished this one yet. So I haven't finished it. So it's, Dusk light crystals collected and you needed two of three. Now, again, I saw online and heard uh, from a few people where if you vaulted this item and took it in and out of your vault, you could actually uh, glitch this by getting uh, the item. So I wanted to verify doing that right now. So we have a dust light crystal here. Yeah. And so right now that's the one that I'm missing for the final schematic. When I go into my vault, and I couldn't actually remember because I don't think I've ever read vaulted material in my life. When I take it, boom, there Finishes we go. It. Yep. That completed the so quest. So now you have nine full quests, like nine full things that are you've co- completed. Yes. That you can go turn in now for rewards. Yeah. Now I think the goal here is to you're going to turn them all in kind of one at a time. Yeah. And we're going to see like if we feel like the rewards you get are worth the effort that you put in. Yes. Now, you were saying each one of these roughly took you about 40 minutes to complete. So I grinded. The biggest complaint that people have with the grind is that the resources for obtaining those things is random. Mm -hmm. I liked kill 50 taken, kill 50 vex, kill whatever, because I found out the area of the map that the vex were on. I was like, cool. Yeah. Resource grind for this, wait for it to appear, not cool. That is kind of... You know, something that I personally didn't enjoy. And I think that that's why people are not like excited to complete those kind of things. So anyways. Side note, you're playing this on, this is on PC, aren't you? This is on PC. It's, yeah. it's only 30 frames because of our studio setup, but this is a 60 frame. Yeah, I was going to say, we're what we're looking at is that's 60 FPS. Yes. That's 30 yeah, FPS. Yeah, in the studio, it's 30. Yeah. So if you're watching <clears> on YouTube, it's 30. So Donning's gift is Zavala. We're walking up and we're seeing what Zavala is giving us. 
And I ended up getting ghost shell. a ghost shell a trans and effect. transmat effect. Okay. So that is What's the bonus on the ghost shell? one of our gifts. So this is the thing. I think that's another thing that people are talking about is that for the most part, the gifts and, and everything, they're looks kind of cool. they're kind of similar. Everything looks cool. So that's what's really neat. Detect um caches. Yeah. So within a forty meter range and then um grants a chance to obtain additional faction consumable on Mercury. So there's a lot of these kind of things where you don't really gain much from these things. So they are cosmetic. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they're cosmetic. It, like those do affect gameplay a little bit. A, a little. But like so negligibly that they're not even worth yeah. talking about. This is the issue. So because Eververse is selling mostly only cosmetic items and it doesn't really give you something that is beneficial to win it's not a pay to win it does assist you in pve elements that is still something where i think people are a little bit concerned with how the dawning works and with how loot boxes well, and eververse in general right i'm one of those people yeah go ahead and turn this one in all right turn this um, one in so go shell, shell and two shaders and the shader all right so now who else do we got on the map here we're going to take a quick peek we can go to uh shacks Shaq's got a little item for us as well. We're going to turn that in and see what Shaq's gives us. A ghost shell. Shaq's is giving us... Oh, a vehicle. Sparrow and a shader. All right. So then we ended up getting a sparrow. Shimmering iris. And uh, so I've got a couple sparrows, but that's the dining sparrow. And um, yeah, so... There's still a lot of items that you're getting, but a lot of these things, they don't feel really that special because they're all kind of the same. I mean, I don't know about you, but like the moment I got my exotic sparrow, like I've just had that equipped forever and ever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no, so I think, uh, I remember the trick sparrow. Uh, that you got in Destiny 1. I'm waiting for that to appear. Um, yeah, like once SRL comes back around, there may be other reasons to collect sparrows. Cause like there were definitely sparrows that were better in SRL than yeah. there were and, just in the overworld. And the horns that you could get from Oh, the different horns. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was cool. cool. All right. So we're at Hawthorne. <clears throat> Picking this one up. Another one in a ship. A ship and, and a, a shader. So now we have, uh, another ship, another shader. And what do we get this time? Joy Fire Joy was the ship that we got. Can we see it? Uh, yeah. Here, let's just inspect it real quick. So again, for uh, for the people uh, listening at home, we're just kind of going through some of the things. We got cool looking ship, but I've seen Joy the Fire before. You yeah. Know. There's not been a great amount of variation with the ships. Like all of them share a lot of the same base. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I think the issue too is that um, I've seen a lot of people in the comments section saying, you know, they. They miss being able to grind an area or an activity like the raid and get a <clears> special <throat> ship. It was an incentive to do the raid over again. And it was proof that you'd done it. And it was proof like emblems and stuff that you had done it. Yeah, so I missed that. having all that stuff behind Eververse is, uh, is not great, but, um, <laughs> I think that's one of those things that they're addressing. Not Great. Great. Actually, while we're heading there, why don't you read uh, Chris Barrett's tweet? They did end up tweeting yes. um, a couple things right before the holiday <clears throat> season. This was before we taped our last episode. And so. Yeah, so this was <clears> – <throat> so it said this was December 22nd. So yeah, right right as basically all of us were starting to leave the office. Yeah. Um, Chris Barrett says, happy holidays, Guardians. I hope you're enjoying the dawning or at least a bit of the chaos and mayhem. 
There are a few things I want to mention before the year ends. For the upcoming Iron Banner and Faction Rally events, in addition to brand new seasonal armor ornaments, we're adding new themed sparrows, ghosts, ships, and shaders to the reward pools. Also, early next year, we're refactoring raid itemization across the game. The most difficult activities should be the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. True. And finally, I say we know it a lot, but we hear your feedback on Eververse. We want our players to feel respected and to deliver great content regularly to our community. Expect lots of discussion with the dev team and an update on our path forward after the new year. Mm-hmm. So this is good. I mean, this is something we've talked about on Fireteam Chat numerous times, but just the acknowledgement of our concerns yep. by the dev team is a good step in the right direction. Yeah. Because, you know, them just being like, hey, look, we know you. Not all of you are happy with this. We want to address that. Just being like, oh, they heard us. Great. Like, yes. at least now we can expect some type of solution being worked on. Yeah. That's, that's good enough. And Fran has said this before. It's like, it's one of those things where they need to almost say it on a daily or weekly basis. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The communication of what they're <clears throat> doing to the audience. Like, when they're quiet, and again, I don't think they're quiet with malicious intent. Like, I literally think no, that there's of course a lot not. of stuff in the, in the background going on that they're trying to address, and it's a difficult situation when they can't talk about it because well, the team is a promise. Just think about, like, even internally when you and I are working on IGN projects, the stuff yeah. that we can't promise just to ourselves because of how much stuff has to run up the flagpole and back down to yeah. be confirmed as happening or not. And in a company like Bungie where there's lots and lots of employees, lots and lots of Big plans, company. and you're working alongside Activision, which is a huge publisher, yeah. and they have some sort of stake as well, I think that there's a lot that – you know. There's a lot of bureaucratic red tape that you kind of have to jump through that, that doesn't allow them to communicate as often as we, the community, might like. Yeah. But like I said, the fact that they are at all, that's a good step in the right direction. Um, and it's enough for now. Mm. Uh, but I mean, in an ideal world, we would get an answer about what the plans are to fix Eververse because I think this is the number one issue for a lot of the community out there is that yeah. there are Reddit threads out there that have counted all of the shaders and cosmetic items uh, that are behind Eververse. And some people peg it as high as 58 or 60% of the newest items that are in Curse of Osiris yeah. and introduced through the Donning yeah. are behind the Eververse it's, paywall. It's too big, and that's the thing. We're going to open this 60%. Like, yeah. That's kind it's of a, absurd. It's a right? lot of items. And, yeah. and for that reason, it, it makes, I think, some of the stuff feel a little less special. So Vehicle. Another vehicle. Um, we ended up getting... Uh, uh, so, like, here's the thing is you just yeah. got two vehicles in a row, but this one is improved side-to-side dodging. The last one, improved side-to-side dodging. Like, yeah. there's not a great deal of variation between these things. Like, a lot of them are very similar in the perks that they're offering. Yeah. And even uh, – and, and Amanda Holiday, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you would expect her maybe to sell some of these things or yeah. allow you to do quests or activities to get those things from her. And she's really kind of given you like some <clears throat> some pretty rare generic stuff to choose from here in the ship and uh, Sparrow category. I mean, so. rare, not rare. Well, exactly. Rare, yeah. Common gear. Um, But yeah, it's um, it definitely is. I think looking at uh, a bunch of the comments and feedback from the community, the loot pool behind Eververse is just too large. There's a lot of stuff there that should be in the game for us to chase, and I think that's their their fundamental fault with loot boxes. There's there's the other predatory argument. And other things like that. I mean, I want, I want to make a point that again, I don't think is a very popular opinion. It's like, you know, I think obviously with microtransaction, all that stuff, there's going to be a lot of this kind of stuff in the future of AAA games. There's a big debate right now, especially with Battlefront 2, where is this the right thing moving forward for companies and players? And 
I'm not sure that it is. I don't know concretely that it's not, but I mean, what's an alternative? Like, what do they do now? I think, like, any mechanic or any feature in a game, like, it is if it's implemented correctly. Like, it becomes predatory when people don't feel like they're gaining the right value for how much time invested and or money invested. Mm-hmm. Um, but in games where you feel like you're getting a lot of great rewards, cosmetic or not, for the time invested, then that loot box mechanic absolutely does work. Case in point, Halo, right? Mm-hmm. Halo has essentially the same system. They're called, they're not loot boxes. Rec they're packs. called requisitions, rec packs. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. I get one every day just for logging in. Right. And then I get another one for winning in yeah. each playlist. So I can get one in Arena. I can get one in Warzone. And then there's just bonuses for every time you level up, you get one. Yeah. And all of these are giving me a huge amount of rec cards that I can use again in the games that I play to earn more rec cards. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect loop because, one, I can spend money on them if I want, but I never do because I earn them quickly enough them. just by playing. Yeah. And when a new DLC opens up or when there's a new feature added – those same rec packs are available through that activity. So it's not like when the dawning came around and you play the dawning content and you level up, you don't get a dawning engram, you get a regular bright engram. Right. It's not like that and, in Halo. And so a game like Halo does right it now. perfectly right, I yeah. think. So the argument like, is it wrong or is it like right for games that are AAA $60 releases to have loot boxes in? I don't think that there's a clear cut yes or no. Yeah. I think it, Depends highly on implementation. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't know that Destiny has implemented it quite right because you have a large section of your community that has a problem with yes. it. Yes. And I think that's the issue. Everybody, you know, the the hashtag that was trending is uh, hashtag remove Eververse, which we are at the Eververse right now. I just wanted to jump in here. And just, look at all this stuff. I don't want to stay here too long. So we're money. just kind of going to look through some of the stuff. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, what, mm. what do we need here? Here, We're going to get one. Oh, you do not have enough silver. Would you mm. like to buy? So, I actually have not purchased anything in Destiny 1 or 2 ever. I did in 1. You did in 1. So When the Taken King came out, remember the uh, you get to get the Taken armor? Yeah. For Titans, it was called Desolate armor? Yeah. Unless maybe that was what it was called all across the board. Oh, yeah. And it was just like you were like, but yeah, like see-through. Like, dude, not see-through, but like, yeah, the shimmery black yeah, and yeah. white sort of like monochromatic look. And I was like, whoa, that looks cool. And yeah. I spent like $10 to like just get a bunch of packages as fast as I could. Okay. So that I could op- unlock that set because I thought it looked really cool. Right, right. Did um, you feel, and I can't remember the context of that. Was that only a time exclusive <clears> thing or no? Or that was just like you could do it, I think, no, most of the Taken King. You could. You could that. earn you could earn the desolate drops. Yes. Uh but they were pretty rare. So that Destin tried to do that, and he got like the same helm like five times in a row. Mm-hmm. And he needed the gloves or something like that. So I didn't get any actual gear, which that's what I was wanting to showcase mm-hmm. in this situation. Now I've been playing. So quite you a now bit. turned in for listeners. You've now turned in all, not all of them. No, not all of them. There's a couple other ones. Are you going to keep going? Are you well, going to turn in all of them? You can go to the other worlds and places to turn these in. I just want to turn the ones that were in the tower. Okay, so, so, so you turned in how many? I turned in three, right? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. I turned in five. Got no armor drop. No there. armor. Ghosts, sparrows, and like a ship or and two. ship and shade and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I have actually by playing got the uh, the winter heart cloak. That's the hunter one, and then the boots, the the, uh, the strides. I haven't gotten um, the helmet yet, so I have the gauntlets as well. The grips. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm missing basically the helmet and the chest armor. So you got like half a set. So I got half a set. So I've been playing fairly regularly. I did get the sword. That's cool. Um, by just logging in and walking up to Ikora this morning, and that was the gift. So the sword just dropped as a gift. 
So that was really nice. And I say, I think that's the thing that I was hoping is that everybody was saying, Hey, wouldn't it have been nice if we would have been able to log in, go to one of the vendors daily or go somewhere and have just a gift drop. Mm -hmm. So even that I think would have done a little bit more to quell is not the right word. In this situation where hashtag Eververse came along, the, the game obviously had donning implemented in it. There's not much they could have done. But in this situation where you're trying to maybe do something in the moment, right now I think it'd be really nice if they extended the donning and then potentially even offered like a gift, an emote or something to people right now so they feel like there's a little bit of value that they're getting there. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and just like – on a side note, for me personally, and I don't know if I'm the only guardian out there who feels this, but like to me, all of the stuff that you just earned, like that's not content. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's by and large cosmetic stuff. And, you know, I don't know, that sword isn't better than uh, it stares back, like the, the raid sword. So yeah. I'm not all that interested in it, you know? And that's the thing, like raid perks to gear. And all that stuff, I've seen so many comments about people saying, I want to chase gear that has meaning to it. Yeah. And for me, I think that just looking at the system, uh, I kept hoping and wishing the mod system was going to turn into that. Um, I can't remember who I was listening to. They made the comment that with the way a lot of stuff is behind Eververse right now, it's really odd. You wonder, did they do that intentionally so they could put gear anywhere and then it not really feel like there's impactful, you know, issues or things with perks on the gear. Because if you think about Destiny 1 early on, everybody was running the raids and wearing the raid gear all the time around because it was your highest light level. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't really – you're not concerned about what you have for gear because you can max it to the light. So it's turned into vanity only. Mm -hmm. But that vanity doesn't help you at all in any activity of the game. And with light gone for banner and trials and everything else, you're really just doing the raid with your light level. <clears throat> it seems like that seems like a misstep there. Yeah, I mean, like philosophically, I can understand why you would want to potentially remove the the, the perks and the bonuses that you got from gear specific stuff so like yeah like you mentioned you know um the uh the raid gear would offer stuff like when you're carrying the ball yeah. you take 50 percent less damage yeah obviously very desirable because mm -hmm. when you're carrying the ball you can't fire back yeah and you want to take less damage from the things that are shooting at you i can understand why philosophically you would want to remove those bonuses so that you can place the gear anywhere or that yes. people aren't pigeonholed into using that particular gear gear yes uh that way, like, oh, if I earned a really cool chess piece that I like in PvP, I can use it in the raid and not feel like I'm at a disadvantage. I can mm -hmm. understand that. But they have to pick up the customization and uh, yes. value elsewhere, which you said there was this hope that that would be the mod system, which is where, like, all right, I got this really great chess piece. Yeah. Now I want to use it in PvP. I'll put, like, a mod that, you know – I, I take that game type. Yeah, like that assists that game type. Like it makes me better in PvP. And yeah. then like I have a different chest or even potentially the same chest, a different one. Yeah. That's modded for PvE and then I can switch the gear. Because mm. this idea of optimization and uh, min-maxing is what I think draws players back to Destiny over and over it's again. It's missing in Destiny 2. And it's – exactly. It's yeah. missing. All the gear feels the same no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And none of it feels significantly better or worse than the other stuff. Yeah. And I think now looking at the way 
Masterworks core came out with um, Curse of Osiris. Uh, I think too, like again, you talk about working at a big company. There's a lot of things that probably happen behind the scenes that you, you're trying to figure out why, and that's the challenge. And so when you see these things roll out slowly, um, you lose sight of the DLC. You lose sight of, oh, hey, I'm doing all this new activity stuff because your focus is on why I want to be able to add a stat to my gear. I want to be able to do this. Like I want to play and chase the end game. Yeah. But the end game isn't there. Like think about in Destiny One, you'd get the item you finally wanted for a long time. Like you first got that Fatebringer, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, Fatebringer, amazing!" Yes. But you didn't use it yet because you had to level it all up and get it to its perfect maximum form before yeah. you like reap the full potential from it. There's no desire to do that anymore. The moment you get something, you're like, "All right, this is ready to go." And for the most part, it's not any better than what you were using before. Yeah. Like the chase isn't as fun and the reward of getting what you were chasing isn't as uh, impactful as it used to be. Yeah. And so I got another winter cloak and a, and a, a transmat effect uh, that was turning uh, another one into Sloan. Yeah, it is. It is weird because um, I've talked about that at length. I think the moment where you go into a situation um where you were intending to get something like you played the raid for fate bringer hard mode templar yeah and you know vex mythoclast at the end of the raid on atheon like when you take those moments out of the game it feels different like yeah. and those were the moments that watching streamers play and and seeing people's reactions that doesn't exist anymore so, with the tokens so here's the thing is do you think that maybe the potential like do you think that maybe the, the it it, it kind of come it, it bleeds into the philosophy that like those moments are really special? Shouldn't all players be able to have them, regardless of whether or not they can do the raid? Do you think that mentality is kind of what led to the point that we're at now? I really think it is, and it it does go back to you know what was Bungie's vision, and you know without again like there's a lot of animosity and negativity right now online. Some of it I think is warranted. Some of it I understand. I don't agree with the way people are expressing themselves, but the reality is people want to be heard and they feel, they feel like they're not being heard. So mm-hmm. that part I understand. But I think there's a certain amount of discourse that needs to happen in a re- relatively sane kind of respectful well, yeah. way that is clearly not happening. That's when I think people get into this position where it's like, you imagine if you're a dev, you know, on, on Bungie's team and you've put in your heart and soul and energy into this yeah, game. Like the last two years yeah, of your the life. Last has just been three yeah. years. And regardless of all these different things, there's people that are building the worlds and the skyboxes and, you know, the, the guns and all that other stuff. These people are fundamentally affected by the reception of the game. And it is unfortunate that one part of the game, very big part, Eververse, and a few other, you know, changes. An increasingly bigger part. To PvP. It's, it's unfortunate that literally now you focus on the little things and can't enjoy the rest of the game. Because I've been at, people have asked me, oh, you're still playing this game. Yes, I do. I still play the game. I fundamentally like the way Destiny feels. Now. Me too. PUBG, uh, Fortnite, really big splash lately in the past few months. I've played a little bit of them. Um, I'm going to ask you what you think of them in a second. The way the game feels for me in Destiny, like, you know, systemic gameplay, which is kind of described as how you feel interacting with the world. It's like even in this situation, if you cut back the screen, I'm going to jump up on an item here. And when you when you mantle an item, um, it just feels good. And watching your guardian do little things like that in the raid 
you know, those are things that don't exist in Destiny 1. And when I go back to play Destiny 1, I go, oh, I, I tried to jump here. Why didn't my guy mantle? Mm-hmm. And there's tons of improvements like that to the game, like even special and heavy synth. Like I like the fact that you don't need to enable special and heavy synth anymore and then wait five minutes for a cooldown. I like the fact that now you hit red, you know, or yellow and uh, orange bar enemies and they drop a heavy. Like I think that's a cool gameplay mechanic. So there's a bunch of little things that they've done to the game that I really appreciate. And it's unfortunate that the art, the style, the design, the feel, a lot of those fundamental changes that are still destiny are overshadowed by this other stuff. Yeah, I mean, like some of that stuff's taken for granted, right? Yeah. Like you kind of assume on some level because Bungie's so amazing that that stuff will be great. So you're afforded the opportunity to look at the little stuff. My point is like the whole thing has to work as a whole, you know? It does. Like in an ideal world, you build a great game from top to bottom, not like... A, like a good game with some great stuff and some not so good stuff, you yeah. know, or whatever. Like it is. So get another ship and another shader. <clears throat> yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. like this kind of this is just driving home. And you said each one of these took you about forty minutes to complete. So like yeah. total to do all nine of those, maybe what? Yeah. Two hours. Well, if we were to actually just round up, yeah, like it took an hour approximately because I would need to find the enemies and then depending on how often the and you did nine happened. of them, so let's call it nine hours. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you earned what? Couple ships and shaders and, and transmatter. What's like? I know. Do you feel like that was worth your time? <laughs> I mean, there's a very real question about the investment side of Destiny and and whether it's worth it. And that's the thing. Like, like would it have been better? Like, would it have been more? Like, if you paid, buy it, yeah. Like, and you could have gotten all that stuff in. 10 seconds. Yes. So this, I think. But it costs you $15, well, $20. But that's the thing. It doesn't necessarily cost that. And that is. You really, could be lucky and yeah, get like, right. yeah. The fundamental challenge with the loot box system is there, right now there's too much good stuff behind Eververse, which I think that, I think Bungie there's understands. too much this. stuff. Too much stuff. Good stuff. Well, exactly. There's too much stuff that people want to chase <laughs> yeah, that they yeah, yeah. feel should be, you know, in incorporated into the game. That is where I think because you can't just go to Eververse and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you $40 of my hard-earned money. Want this thing. That's a problem. Yeah. Right? Like I understand there should be maybe like – Because it is this gambling mentality. It is. That's the predatory comment that people are saying. Like if there was maybe like a half dozen things that were only chance items – Okay, like or I'm down with that because you can still grind the game to get bright dust engrams yeah, yeah, yeah. in order to get those things. But they should also be like, if there's that one ship that people want, you should be able to spend two dollars or three dollars just to get that one ship. Well, yes, right. But it's like that. I think so. Like I think if they had a bunch of ships, but I also think there's something special about having some things tied to RNG. Oh yeah, I agree. It, it I agree. is the chase. Like, yeah. And it, what's weird about Destiny is I. You know, and I think Battlefront and other games don't have this problem is that the fundamental reason why we play Destiny is for that chance drop. But when it's exploited to the extent that I feel like it is a little bit here in Destiny 2, 
it's everybody's a cryptarch now. Yeah. Now it's like you you had the moment like before you just hated the cryptarch. <laughs> now you hate everybody. You hate Shaxx, you hate Icora. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, you're like, hey, you guys are all cryptarchs and you all suck. You never give me what I want and I can't stand any of you. Before I just hated the cryptarch. Now I hate all of you. Um so yeah, that I think is a big challenge and I, I think they're hearing that. I think that there was some positives to the token system. It feels like a very casual system. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, again, done to bring people in who felt that the game was too difficult. But from the people that I know who initially liked Destiny 1 who are not shooters, and there's this one person, uh, Bethana, that I met in Germany um, when we did uh, Gamescom. She'd never played any shooters, never played any kind of other MMO or anything like that. Destiny was her first game. She really likes the game still, but even she was saying, you know what? Destiny 1 taught me so much about how to grind and how to achieve things and and feeling like what I was doing had some value and accomplishment to it. Oh, yeah. And I think that that feeling – like we want that feeling again. Like that's the feeling that's been stripped away in Destiny 2. And that's the reason why I think there's just a little bit too much hostility <clears throat> over Eververse. To sum it up, I mean, gosh, in Destiny 1 now when they first introduced Eververse – I want I don't know who who out there could maybe go find this episode but there were a lot of people getting on my case specifically because they were like oh it won't be a problem mm-hmm. uh it's just cosmetic yeah. and I said no it's just the precedent of introducing microtransactions allows it allows there a chance to be a slippery slope in the future yeah <laughs> we're on well, the slippery slope well, like we're on it now like yeah. I don't know anyone out there who can be like Oh, I mean, you were wrong. Like at the and, beginning, and when Destin Eververse said the same thing. Like Destin has been like he he texted me yeah. a bunch of those links where he's like, "Man, I said this." And I I said it. You can yeah. go back and find the exact Fireteam chat episode where I said it's a principle of introducing microtransactions, yeah. not what's in the microtransactions now, because it doesn't matter what's in there now; it's what might be in there later on. But so and now, look where we're at now. But, like, but this is so. There's two <laughs> different things. Like, there's there's the loot box conversation. And then there's the microtransaction conversation. Because if you could walk up there and buy what you wanted at Eververse and it felt less like a random chance at it, do you mm-hmm. think the community would still be in arms? Like basically what I'm saying is rather than saying 60 items that you potentially get a chance at, mm-hmm. if you could walk up – and I mean they, they, they release most of them later on in Destiny 1 for you to just go and buy after. But for the timed exclusive things, I think that's really the thing that people – they just it's not even just the time exclusive things like if if you could buy the item you wanted at eververse for x amount of cost for a hundred percent chance like you're not rolling you're mm-hmm. not gambling you could just go buy what you wanted for x cost but you had the option to earn that same thing by doing right a raid in. or whatever yeah then i don't think anyone would have a problem yeah but the the difference is that one the promise originally was that these items would all be cosmetic guess what they're not yeah like Let's stop. Just because shaders and – shaders is a bad example. Just because ghosts and sparrows uh, aren't used all that much, we kind of group them into the cosmetic sort of thing. But they have gameplay yeah. like variables to them. Variables to them yep. that change the way the game works for some people. It's not a competitive advantage against another player though. No, it, but it is gameplay it's changing. It's changing yeah. the game. So it's not oh, just yeah. cosmetic. Yeah. Let's You're stop right. pretending it is. Yeah. And uh, that's where the problem lies. Now, I'm, you're right. Like there is, there is a difference between microtransactions. Like 
loot boxes are a microtransaction, yes. but not all microtransactions are loot boxes. Right. You're totally right, yeah. and the distinction should be made. But the problem is in Destiny, they're essentially the same thing. Like there yeah. are no microtransactions that aren't. Yeah, they are tied boxes. to only loot boxes. Yeah, and that I think that is really the thing that people are upset about. Yeah, that's it's, why I was worried about it as yeah. well. Like that's that's what I wanted to end on is like. This is the situation we're in now is exactly what I feared back when they first introduced Eververse. Yeah. And everyone said, don't worry. What is in there right now is just cosmetic. And I was like, oh, but it won't be later. Trust me. And look where we're at. And so, yeah, to wrap it up, I will say that there needs to be a a conversation too, I think, of just people trying to understand that, again, Bungie makes games. They're a company, Activision's company. Those companies are trying to make money. This is not – a good recommendation, I think, by most people because it interferes with the game. When you get into a situation where you want to enjoy the game and these things are kind of out there, it just takes away from some of the special feelings that you had. And I think, I think that's the issue. Yeah. I think people want the special feeling in those, you know, like there was no dawning in Destiny 1 in the first year. Or just year. imagine if you're a new player jumping into dawning and your friend who plays the game a lot is like, all right, so you have to spend all this time farming. Yeah. Or if you don't, you can spend ten dollars over here and get the same thing, and you're like, "Well, that doesn't sound that fun." <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think this is where the conversation is going to go over the next years, and and who knows when this will be solved. But right now, um, you know, Battlefront Two kind of kicked off, you know, a big discussion, a, a big about discussion, it. Yeah. and I think you know that was kind of what's capped off here in 2017, and who knows what'll happen in 2018. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because like 2017 was the year we really saw everyone was okay with microtransactions before because they were mostly relegated to free-to-play games, right? right. Or mobile games. Yep. Games that cost you like a dollar or two dollars to play. Yeah. And now you're starting to see the predatory behaviors and the practices bleed over from those games into $60 AAA games. Yeah. And you got to wonder, like, do they have a place there? Yeah. And, and, and that's going to be the discussion. It's like you have a game. It costs a certain amount of money. Obviously, this game needs to be maintained. Games are not just, hey, we're going to put them out there and then that's the game for the next yeah. three to five years. Like, And I – like. I want to play new Destiny content. Like I yeah, want to too. be able to play and have this game be supported over the next like four to five years. So, um, you know, if they do that, well, three to four, yeah, we'll see. Who, who knows? Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I want to be able to support them in some way. This maybe doesn't feel like the right way. So yeah, it's exactly. one of those things. I hope they can they can sort out. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2018. <laughs> in other Destiny news, recently there was a possible leak: Gods of Mars. It's the new expansion that we think that could be coming out here. Uh, Gods of Mars features a brand new area for players to explore called Frigid Vale of Mars. You'll be going up against Charlemagne, who is reawakened on Mars, and imprisoned Rasputin within an ancient vault. So they detail a couple things like new story missions, new themed weapons, armors. Um, cooperative activities, new competitive multiplayer arenas, and new enemy factions and bosses. Or faction, it's singular. Um, but that's cool. I mean, new factions is one of those things that, looking back to what Destiny 2, you know, and thinking what we were hoping it to be, there was no new enemy or faction. And I don't know if this means, you know, everybody's saying it could be a reskin, is it a brand new creature what does this mean but uh what are you hoping for sean with this well i mean like if this is indeed real yeah so 
I guess we should be clear about that up front. This yeah. was a leak and it hasn't been confirmed or denied by Bungie or Activision. Yeah. But just by going off what the screenshot is and the fact that this was not like some small sort of publication leak, this was actual PlayStation Network mm-hmm. in both US and Japan that posted this screenshot, which looks ultra official. It's even got a 1999 price tag on there. Somebody noticed that uh, the Destiny 2 like art on the left was a little bit uh, squished. They were like, yeah, it doesn't, thing, you're right. Like the art doesn't quite look yeah right but everything else kind of looks oh and it says march 2018 which yeah that is kind of when we knew the big content to be yeah framed anyway uh yeah i mean this looks really interesting i think um based on what we know mars to be mars is always traditionally like a very cabal heavy planet and then like in the last you know when taken king came over there's taken there everywhere uh, so there's that. I don't know. I mean, a new faction could mean anything. I'll bet you what it means is like, you know, a ro- a, yet another rogue faction of an existing alien race. I don't think it means like a new alien race. Right. You know? So you don't think that, hey, there's going to be some new enemy introduced that's going to full different mechanic set or move set or anything like that. It's going to be a, no. the taken version of the enemies. Yeah. It'll be like, yeah, or it'll be like, uh, yeah, like the red faction of the Cabal, the green faction, like, right, you right. know, some other small sort of renegade faction that doesn't answer to the Emperor or something. And I only say that the reason I think it's Cabal is just because, like, the Cabal had always been, like, in Destiny 1 and in Destiny 2, like, very Mars-focused, yep. you know? Like, that's kind of where they made their stands, Yeah. whereas Venus was, like, mostly Vex and such. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of what I'm expecting. Uh, to be quite honest, like while I'm always excited to hear about new expansions because it defo- it gives us like you know there's potential for the game to grow and be awesome again. Yeah. Uh, based on Curse of Osiris, I'm kind of just like a little wary. Like I'm wondering, excitement's not 100 percent there. Yeah, like I'm wondering. Okay, new you know the frigid veil. What is it? The yeah, I just missed it. Yeah, frigid veils of Mars. The frigid veil of Mars. The frigid veil of Mars. Like, is that a new? Like, how big is that zone? Like, is yeah. it just the size of the lighthouse on Mars? Yeah. And I mean, hopefully this one has a bit of a larger area. It's weird. Like, as I play through Curse of Osiris a little bit more, um, and again, there's conversations of, you know, comparing it to Destiny 1 Vanilla or, you know, this is like House of Wolves or Dark Below. Um, you know, and Dark Below was really a couple strikes, Crota, and a few other things. House of Wolves was Prison of Elders. Um, the reef, the reef, but yeah. but it did spawn trials. Personal soft spot for uh, oh yeah, trials. yeah. Uh, but I think that's the thing right now. Um, any new content, if it's not going to have some of these end game changes or fixes, is not going to be well received, and that is unfortunate because I think that obviously, like even Chris Osiris, like beautiful world, cool public event. Neat campaign, and I went through and grinded as well. I, I would show you uh, that I just recently completed the Saint 14 quest. Like that stuff is really cool. There's a lot of stuff that's there again that just does not resonate with people because there's been a bunch of things that have changed within Destiny 2 that people are not happy about. Yeah, I mean, I you know I don't think you have to say it to me. Like we all i think all the hardcore players agree like the end game yeah. systems need to be adjusted so that the game itself feels fun to play on a day-to-day basis whether or not there's new expansion content or not yeah but the fact that you know under the features here it says 
new story missions and adventures, new themed weapons, armor, and gear to earn, new cooperative activities, new competitive multiplayer arenas, i.e. or read new maps, right? Yeah. New enemy faction and bosses. Like this is all great. This is what I would call new content, right? Yeah. Stuff that isn't just cosmetic or just stuff or more stuff to collect. It's like potentially the new potentially an opportunity to be told more of the story as content to me. Mm. And it looks like we're gonna get a lot of that. I again just relative to Curse of Osiris, I just hope it's a little bit more robust. Yep. You know, like I want it to be I want to like go into these expansions and feel like I've gotten twenty dollars of new content. Yeah. And the raid was really good. Did you like the raid lair from Curse of Osiris? I did really like the yeah, raid lair. I really yeah. enjoyed that. But um, I mean, again, I, uh, I, I'm sure Duggan said it on the show. He, he mentioned it casually off, off camera multiple times. But like if the raid, like if the content was $20, well, how much was that? Was it $20? Uh, yeah, it's $20. Curse of Osiris, yeah. If Curse of Osiris was $20 and it was just three raid layers and nothing else, as opposed to the one raid layer and the story missions of Osiris, I think that probably would have been better. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like more worthwhile and more valuable time for or more valuable investment. So I mean, like, there's a lot of different ways that they could take this expansion too. Um, I just, again, I hope it's robust. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, I think that's mostly it. I mean, final thoughts. I, uh, for the most part, yeah, a little underwhelmed by the Dunning, but again, for what it was, I think uh, kind of a cool event, overshadowed by Eververse and some of those things, and and that's unfortunate. And uh, again, somebody who does still play Destiny and does enjoy the game. Uh, I hope they can, you know, create a solution that people will find acceptable. And 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 again, I I think that's what a lot of 2018 is going to be. You know, I mean, I agree with you. Stuff. We didn't we didn't get a chance to touch on it, but maybe we can touch on it lightly here at the end. I agree with you. I think Destiny does have some thinking to do and some adjustments to be made because we now live in a world where. You know, around every corner, there's a big release. Like we just saw 1.0 of PUBG, and there's mm-hmm. a ton of people who are playing that right now, me included. And uh, I think, like in a in a world where you're p- competing against juggernaut games with interesting moment to moment gameplay and mm-hmm. game types like Battle Royale that are different every single time around, and no two matches are the same. Yeah, you have a lot to work on, you know? Like yeah. you got to make your moment to moment and your systems really interesting. Yeah. And Destiny like they have that challenge in 2018. They do. I mean, I will say the core of Destiny is there. Even thinking of, you know, the way the world is in comparison to Destiny 1, we have a map, we have activities. The foundation for all that stuff is there. Yeah. So it just feels like tying either activities to certain drops at certain locations or having, you know, raid drop a certain item at a certain place. You know it's not difficult for them to do, mm-hmm. but there are some things that do need to be done, I think, for people to come on back and feel like they're enjoying the game again, the way we all enjoy Destiny 1. What if Gods of Mars is like they just turn all of Mars into a battle royale thing? A hundred <laughs> guardians dropped onto Mars out of a ship. They have to scavenge around to find weapons and armor and gear, You're and really then it's the last a lot one of standing. PUBG lately, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> PUBG is great. And the uh, thing is, here's how you know it's good. Cause it runs at like eight frames a second on Xbox. <laughs> it's so terribly optimized for that platform. That's the thing. And you know what? It's still so fun to play. Uh, so fun to play. That's what's crazy is that the game mechanically feels so good to play still. 
The shooting is really good. PvP does need some tweaks. Yep. Um, PvE is actually pretty good. So I don't want to come again and say that negatively there's not – Just more raid layers There, there needs be to great. be, yeah, like more content. We're, we're, we're seeing a little bit of the same kind of updates that they had in D1 at the same cadence. People really want hot fixes and updates and patches to be much quicker. And I appreciate uh, Chris Barrett and I know a bunch of other hardworking people behind there are hearing people. And so we now just want to see that put into place. So – Anyways, that was it. Fire team chat light. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two man squad. Two man squad. This is reflective of our, our raid teams and, <laughs> and the game. I'm looking at my friends. It's going, guys, trials. Uh, anyways, Fran, Destin, uh, I hope you're enjoying your time off. They will be back with us again next week. Thank you, Sean, very much. And everybody out there, until next time. Guardians out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.